and welcome to this week's episode of Scrolling to Death. Today we're going to talk about the topic of suicide. Before we go further, I wanted to share a trigger warning. This episode dives deep into the topic of suicide with statistics and stories about real suicides by teenagers and even preteens. While we feel it is extremely important to know the truth about how social media is negatively affecting our youth, we understand if this topic is triggering for you. And if so, we encourage you to skip to the next episode. So I've experienced suicide within my immediate family, and it was something none of us had ever experienced before, and it changed all of our lives forever. I learned that there's a huge stigma around the topic. People don't know what to say. They don't know how to console you. And the thing is, it's a loss like any other loss. And a simple, I'm sorry for your loss, is completely appropriate and actually appreciated. As we moved through the world after this death by suicide within our family, people wouldn't even mention it in social situations, which is actually pretty hurtful. I would recommend if someone you know is experiencing this to offer your condolences, just as you would with any other death within a family. I will also share a story of maybe what not to say. After the suicide within our family, uh, one of our family members was at an event and someone at the event offered their condolences. I'm sorry for your loss. Then this person asked, how did it happen? And my family member just was very respectful and said something like, I don't I'm not comfortable talking about that. There's like a morbid curiosity around the topic, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I understand, but it's it's not up for gossip, right? And so I learned a lot through the experience uh, of suicide within my family. It's something that I don't wish on anyone. It's horrible for every single person involved. There's anger, there's sadness, there's confusion. There's so many mixed emotions, and it doesn't really ever go away. So it's something to be taken seriously, but something to be more out in the open. Let's make this more of a mainstream conversation because it's affecting so many of us. And particularly, we're going to talk today about suicide in teens. I also think that the reason why people don't talk about it is because if I bring it up and I am direct about it and ask the question, do you have thoughts of suicide? Will that cause that person to be suicidal? Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Which is not the case at all. Being direct and, and going up to someone and or asking our teenagers who are hopeless and depressed and lonely and are sharing on social media that they want to kill themselves or they don't want to be in this life anymore. It's so important to be direct with them and saying, hey, you said something that was pretty significant, pretty important, pretty serious. We need to talk about it. Do you have thoughts of hurting yourself? Do you have thoughts of killing yourself? Mm -hmm. That's not going to make them more suicidal. That's going to validate and acknowledge them the suffering that they're going through right now. And then we can take the next step on how how do we support them? How do we get them help? How do we come up with a plan of action to manage their safety? So this week is National Suicide Prevention Week, September 10th through the 16th. And there's no better time for this topic. This week is hosted by the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Their slogan is Talk Away the Dark. They offer some incredible resources on how to notice warning signs and risk factors and conversation starters on how to have real and open conversations with someone you feel may be at risk for suicide. 
We put the link in the description box below for these resources. So today we want to dive into the rise of suicide rates in teens and young adults, which coincides directly with the rise in social media use and screen time over the past 20 years. The name of this podcast is Scrolling to Death for a Reason. It means what it says, that we believe there is a direct correlation between the amount of time we are scrolling on our phones and the increase in deaths by suicide. And the researchers agree with us. Recent studies have established real connection between mental health issues such as depression and suicidal ideation and social media use. Because it could go, it could be unnoticed. Right. It could be happening in your own home and you don't even know. And the topic of suicide and the actual data around it, it can be easy to ignore. It can be easy to look away from because it's uncomfortable, right? But it's our responsibility as parents to understand what the risks are and be able to notice the signs in your own teenagers ahead of time. It's life or death when it comes to that. And so please listen to these statistics. Everything we're sharing is from peer-reviewed journals or the NIH or the CDC. This is real data, and it will all be linked in the episode notes. So let's dig into those stats. Suicide is now the second leading cause of death among those aged 15 to 24 in the United States. In the year 2000, suicide wasn't even in the top 10 causes of death for this age group. Wow. I mean, just take that in. Yeah. Second leading cause of death is suicide among the age group. It's an epidemic. If you don't know someone who has died by suicide, you will. So let's talk about high school students. 44% of high school students experience persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness. That's nearly half. Right. Half of high school students are persistently sad, hopeless, and lonely. Did you feel like when we were in high school, there was a general feeling of sadness and hopelessness within our groups? No, I remember feeling lonely at times. Okay. Um, And I think that's like a a natural and general normal kind of thing to feel in that stage because you're figuring out who you are. But to be, I don't remember, I don't remember being persistently sad. Right. 2022 data says almost 20% of high school students have seriously considered suicide. It's hard to process these numbers and I know they're depressing, but we need to understand this. If you have a high school aged child right now, think about them and their friend group. Picture your child and four of their friends and consider that two of them have seriously considered suicide. Mind blowing. Yeah. 9% have made an attempt to take their own lives within the previous 12 months before they were surveyed. We had zero suicides our entire high school that we were aware of. Correct. And we were in high school in 2000 to 2004. Right. So this is the exact time frame we're comparing with. And I'm just trying to understand if we were in high school and people were dying by suicide within our groups. It would be difficult to stay hopeful, right? Oh, for sure. A couple more stats we want to share with you. Overall suicide rates for all genders are nearly 40% higher since the year 2000. Female suicide rates specifically in the ages 10 to 14 have tripled since the year 2000. 10 to 14. A 10 to 14 year old should not be considering suicide. Men die by suicide at four times the rate of women. Also, too, 
girls tend to attempt suicide and aren't as successful. The stats show that um, they will have higher attempts, but not be successful. And boys stats show that when they do attempt, they are highly successful. Right. Probably due to the means of what they utilize. That's what I read too. So I think we can agree that from the year 2000 to the year 2020, there were huge declines in mental health and huge spikes in suicide attempts and successful suicides, specifically in teenagers. During this time, social media was on the rise. A recent survey shows that 90% of teenagers aged 13 to 17 have used social media. This is not a coincidence. Right. The rise in suicides, the rise in social media, it's related and researchers agree with us. They're just now getting enough research to be able to say this, Mm -hmm. but it's the truth. These platforms, specifically Snapchat and TikTok, they're the dominant communication tool for teens and preteens. It's the way that they're communicating with each other and they're spending seven plus hours a day on these platforms. They're getting all of their news and information from these platforms and they're coming out of it more depressed and suicidal than ever. When it comes to suicide with teens, these ages especially vulnerable. Developmentally, their judgment and decision-making abilities are still coming online. So when we talk about the brain, what I've learned recently is this prefrontal cortex, which is the brain's control center, it doesn't develop until their mid-20s. This makes young people in these age groups more impulsive. So they'll make these terrible life-ending decisions with an impulse And their brain hasn't had a chance to develop in order to stop them and think clearly on what the outcome could be and that there are potential other options for them. Exactly. The brain doesn't, isn't fully developed until I think age 23 to 25. And so teenagers are having unstructured time, right? Uh, Excessive use on these devices and their brain isn't fully developed to have the skills to limit themselves Mm -hmm. to have the skills to not respond aggressively on posts or comments right because of that impulsivity Mm -hmm. right that's still developing they will have an increase in in risky behaviors because of that prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. isn't developed all the way and that's something that we need to think about is brain development wise regarding a teenager when when that isn't fully developed but then our teenagers are expected to be appropriate on social media Mm -hmm. to understand that this is making them more depressed. Mm -hmm. No, they understand that they can't get off of it. So somehow it makes them feel good, but then doesn't make them feel good in the end. Right. That's crazy. I heard a great tip recently from uh, social reform advocate, Emma Lemke. She talked about advising teenagers or young people to stop every five minutes that they are spending on their phone, take a pause and ask themselves how they feel. If they're feeling sad, anxious, maybe put the phone down or at least whatever has made you feel sad and anxious in the moment, unfollow that profile or don't, you know, go down that rabbit hole. But if you're feeling happy and joyful, then maybe follow more accounts like that. So it's just checking in with yourself And I really liked that tip because it's not all about just deleting social media entirely. That's not realistic, but it's about finding a healthier way to use it. There's many reasons why one would die by suicide, right? 
but the data is not lying here. One can deduce that social media is playing a key role in depression rates, which is leading to more and more suicides in teenagers and young adults. If this isn't feeling real enough for you, we wanted to get into a few specific stories. While we hope the lead-ups are not familiar to you, please pay attention to the signs in these teenagers who took their lives. None of us are immune to this epidemic. Carson Bride of Oregon was 16 years old when he died by suicide on June 23, 2020. He was a victim of anonymous cyberbullying. Some of his high school classmates had created Snapchat profiles to harass and humiliate him. They used apps like YOLO and LMK integrated into Snapchat, which allowed them to anonymously message Carson within the Snapchat app. Carson's parents, Kristen and Tom, had no idea about the cyberbullying. When a teen is being cyberbullied, only 1 in 10 will tell their parents for reasons like they don't want to be a snitch or they'll get their phone taken away. After the suicide, Kristen Bride filed a lawsuit challenging these anonymous messaging apps as inherently dangerous for teenagers like Carson and alleging that the makers of these apps misled consumers about their safety protections. Less than a year later, Snap Inc. announced that it will ban these type of anonymous messaging apps from their platform. Though these anonymous apps are still available on Instagram and other platforms. Kristen is now a social media reform advocate with the goal of making the world a safer place for kids. Kristen was able to create and push through a bill in Oregon in 2021, which requires Oregon school districts to report incidents of bullying to the parents of both the victim and the aggressor. This bill is nicknamed Carson's Law. Kristen said, Grieving parents like me cannot continue to fight back one case, one issue, or one platform at a time. We need our lawmakers to put politics aside and finally pass federal legislation to protect all American children online. We have been closely following Kristen Bride's work and hope to interview her on this podcast. We honor Carson Bride and his family through our dedication and work to support social media reform efforts. Jordan DeMay was 17 years old in Michigan when he died by suicide on March 25, 2022. Jordan started a flirtatious relationship with a girl he met on Instagram. She convinced him to send her an explicit photo. This girl ended up being three men from Nigeria demanding $1,000 or they'd send the picture to Jordan's family and friends. Jordan sent all the money he had, $300, and it was not enough. Jordan told them he didn't have the money and he would kill himself if they released the photo. These men responded with encouragement. Jordan then shot himself. This entire message exchange, from the first message to the suicide, was only six hours. This type of online crime is called sextortion. Sextortion is when youth are exploited through blackmail or coercion in an attempt to send explicit photos or videos, extort money, or engage in sexual activity. Approximately 5% of middle and high school students reported that they have been the victim of sextortion. And on average, one out of four victims were 13 years or younger when they were threatened. Half of sextortion victims are threatened several times a day, with one in four receiving between 10 and 19 threats per day. We send strength and support to the family of Jordan DeMay. Christopher James Dolly, known as CJ, 
signed up for Facebook and Instagram when he was 14 years old, and started documenting his life. By his senior year, his phone and social media addiction had taken full hold. He couldn't stop looking at his phone and often stayed up until 3 a.m. on Instagram messaging his friends. On January 4, 2015, at 17 years old, CJ went into his room, sent a text to his best friend that said, Godspeed, then posted on Facebook saying, Who turned out the light? Next, he fatally shot himself. His parents were quoted, When we found him, his phone was still on, still in his hand with his blood on it. He was so addicted to it that even in the last moments of his life, he was posting on social media. His parents have filed a wrongful death suit against Snap and Meta, claiming these platforms played a significant role in their teenager's decision to end his life. The lawsuit accuses Snap and Meta of designing their platforms to addict users with algorithms that lead to never-ending scrolling as part of an effort to maximize time spent on the platform for advertising purposes and profit. The lawsuit also states that platforms exploit minor users' decision-making and impulse control capabilities due to incomplete brain development. Our team honors CJ's life, cut short too soon. On August 14, 2019, Ian James Ascara of Newport Ritchie, Florida, died by suicide at 16 years old while playing Russian roulette on Snapchat. Ian opened Instagram and Snapchat accounts without his mother's consent. Over time, he became addicted to Instagram and Snapchat with their like and streak features and instant gratifications, resulting in sleep deprivation, anxiety, depression, anger, and outbursts. Instagram and Snapchat directed Ian to connections, groups, and content that were harmful and inappropriate for a child of his age. This dangerous content included videos and groups glorifying danger and self-harm, like the deadly game of Russian roulette. In his final three videos posted on Snapchat, Ian is seen holding a revolver with a single bullet. He spins the chamber, puts it to his head, and pulls the trigger. The fourth video was never posted. The Social Media Victims Law Center, a legal resource for parents of children harmed by social media addiction and abuse, has filed a lawsuit against Meta and Snap. We honor Ian and his family and will be following his case. In 2021, 11-year-old Selena died by suicide in Connecticut. Selena started using social media at just nine years old. Her mother tried to limit her social media use, but she would run away in order to access social media on other devices and would become violent and physical when her phone was taken away. She was even hospitalized for emergency psychiatric care to treat depression and low self-esteem. A therapist who treated Selena said she had never seen a patient as addicted to social media as Selena was. Through COVID, it got worse with severe depression and sleep deprivation. Selena was even solicited by adult male users for sexually exploitative content on numerous occasions. The images were leaked and shared by her classmates, leading to a deterioration of her mental state and eventually to her suicide. Selena's mother, Tammy, is suing Meta and Snap. The lawsuit states that Meta and Snap intentionally created an attractive nuisance to young children, but failed to provide adequate safeguards from the harmful effects they knew were occurring on their wholly owned and controlled digital premise. We don't have words to describe the sadness we feel in reading Selena's story, 
This should never have happened. We will work our hardest to help ensure this doesn't continue to happen to our youth. It was extremely difficult to narrow down the stories of these poor children. There are countless others. The fact is that big tech has truly been able to run wild with the last comprehensive legislation governing kids' safety online passing in 1996, before Facebook even existed. On our next episode, we dive into the very limited legislation that exists to protect us and our children from the dangers of social media and what you can do to support these measures. Now, parents might be thinking, like, what can I do here? Like, I can't take on the big tech companies. Or maybe this is not going to happen to my kids, but we need to take our blinders off. The dangers are here and they're real, but there are steps that we can take to make this better. We stand with the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention in their effort to talk away the dark. So if you're a parent of a teenager particularly and you're worried about their depression and thinking maybe I need to do something, I need to talk to them, What are some conversation starters or some things that they can do to start this conversation? I think the first couple things as a parent you need to do is look out for three particular big warning signs. And the first one would be hopelessness, is if your kid is showing any sort of signs of hopelessness, like, what's the point of this? Um, I don't feel that this is worth it. Why should I even be here? So I think really seeing if your teenager is showing signs of hopelessness is one of them. Withdrawing from friends and friend groups, isolating themselves is a really big sign as well. And the third one is if they stop doing any sort of their preferred activities. So activities and interests that they used to love doing that they felt really passionate about, and now they don't want to do it anymore, and they've just stopped doing those. Those are three big indicators that I think are really important to spot. The next thing would be to sit down and have a conversation about it of like, hey, I'm noticing that you're saying these certain things, or I'm noticing that you've really been isolating yourself from your friends. What's been going on? Mm -hmm. How have you been feeling lately? If you do have a teenager that does say, yes, I don't want to be here anymore. I do have thoughts of suicide. It's so important to ask, what are those specific thoughts? Are the thoughts, I don't want to be here anymore? Are the thoughts, I do want to kill myself? Get specific on what those thoughts are. Number two would be, how serious are they? From one to 10, are you, I I think about it kind of a little bit minimal. I've had the thoughts come and go, but I'm not really serious and I haven't done anything about it. Or I'm very serious and I'm planning to do something about it and see if they have a plan. If they do have a plan, the next thing to ask is, do you have means for the plan? So if their plan is um, they want to take pills, are pills in their room, are pills in the house? Do they have access to the means of executing that plan? That's how you go about talking to your teenager if they express, I want to end my life. I have thoughts of ending my life right now. We talked about the alignment between the rise in suicides and the growth of social media. So teenager social media use is obviously lending a hand in the increase in suicide rates. If you haven't already, be sure to have these conversations about social media with your teenager. 
we've said this before and we'll say it many times, it needs to be talked about. The topic of social media and their use needs to be talked about with them in an open and honest way. It's the only way to understand if they're using it appropriately and in a healthy way is if it's an open conversation. Like help them limit their social media and increase physical activity. Yeah. Help with the sleeping, um, you know, making sure the phone is out of the room so that they have healthy amounts of sleep to help battle those moods. Get outside. So if a teenager is on social media and they see a friend that expresses some kind of suicidal ideation, what should they do? That's a great question, Nikki, because I think a lot of parents don't discuss that particular topic with their teenagers. Uh, it kind of it doesn't go through your mind as a parent to s- sit there and have a talk about, hey, if your friend expresses any sort of significant sadness or thoughts of suicide online here's xyz on what to do yeah so i really coach parents on talking to your teenager if their friend post comment video says anything about wanting to die not wanting to be here anymore just so sad no one's there for me and it's so important to discuss with their teenager you need to go talk to an adult about it. You need to tell your parent that your friend or someone you know from school has posted this because then that parent talk to or call the other parent and let them know. The other thing is if you don't have an address, you don't know where they live, so important to reach out to the school. Reach out to the school, the school counselor, the principal, and let them know, hey, this particular student has expressed this. So I think it's so important to discuss that with teenagers or else they're going to see that from a friend and it's going to be like deer in the headlights. They're not going to know what to do. They're going to feel kind of a little traumatized by it Mm -hmm. and have no idea what to do with that. Right. And that's a lot. That's a lot on a teenager. That's what I'm thinking. If I didn't have to think about this one time in my high school experience, and I think a lot of teenagers have to think about this. Yeah. It weighs on them. It weighs on them to know that their friends are struggling with suicide. They want to be supportive and they don't know how. And then they see something on social media when a kid expressed their hopelessness and wanting help online and on social media. And you have teens that don't know what to do with it Mm -hmm. or they disregard it. Right. Because they just like, I don't want to deal with that. Even processing suicide within my family as an adult was very difficult trying to understand where that family member was at mentally and feeling those feelings of confusion and anger and sadness and processing that was really difficult. I cannot imagine being 14 or 15 years old and having to try to understand why my friend would do this. And I'm forever changed. It's now something I worry about quite a bit. It's now an option for people where it didn't feel like an option for people before. It didn't feel like something that people would do. And now it's something everybody's it's something everybody's going to do in my mind, right? So imagine being a teenager feeling that way, feeling like anyone around me could just kill themselves. It is so sad. In future episodes, we're going to get into great detail on how to have a conversation with your teenager about their social media use. So please look for those episodes. 
From this episode, I want you to understand their social media use in high amounts could lead to depression and suicidal ideation. So be sure that you are proactively having these conversations with your children. This conversation will continue on future episodes of Scrolling to Death. Thank you for being part of this conversation. It affects all of us, and it's up to us to course correct and find a safer way to connect. We hope you have a few extra seconds to click follow and give us a five-star rating. And let's meet where you're at, which right now is likely Instagram. Give us a follow and let's talk there. Comment on any of our posts and tell us what you're struggling with related to social media. What would you like us to cover? Also, visit our show notes for anything referenced in the episode, links to research that we mentioned, and direct access to Ashley's Therapy Services for Teens in California and parenting courses available globally. Thank you for listening to Scrolling to Death.